0: Right here in Wonderland. Hi guys, I'm gonna keep this intro really short because I really want you to get into this episode today with Cora. Since we recorded this episode way back in the spring, she's actually become my coach and my friend and my mentor, and I think the world of her, so I'm so excited for you to get to know her as well and listen to the episode. Just a couple super quick announcements. Leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Join the Facebook group. I would love to have you in there. All the links are in the show notes. And check out the new fragrance. My new fragrance launched. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes and make sure you're on the email list. And I'm just so excited to be with you guys through the holiday season. I think the world of every single one of you listening and I'm so happy that you're here and you're choosing to put me in your headphones or on your phone or wherever you're listening. So thank you so much. And as always, let me know if you have any questions. And just another quick announcement, the next episode next week is part two of the Caroline Dooner episode, which I know a lot of people loved. So that part two is still coming. It's next week and I will see you then. I am so excited to have someone I think the world of in Wonderland today, the owner of Sexy Soul Wellness and Certified Holistic Health Coach, Cora Poge, is here in Wonderland. And she is an awesome lady who holds a master's degree in spiritual psychology and specialized in helping her clients fall in love with themselves and who they are on the soul level and align with their unique and sacred service on the planet. She is a teacher at her alma mater, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where she leads classes on intuitive coaching and authentic entrepreneurship. And I met Cora when she was a guest teacher in a course that I was in, and then very very synchronistically a week later met her in person she came to me in Detroit and we both happened to be speaking at the same event so just such a cool person I was destined to meet clearly and I love her I'm so excited to get to chat with you today Cora and she's just she's way cool she believes that When we align with our soul and our truth collectively, we create heaven on earth, or what I call wellness wonderland. So we're going to get into all that, but thank you so much for being here,
1: Cora. You're so welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me and and for that beautiful introduction. And um, really, it's been such an honor to know you thus far, and now I get to speak and connect with your people, and I just feel truly honored. Me too. Likewise, likewise. So let's, Um. I really want
0: to get into, you know, just real talk, basically. But I guess, you know, for everyone listening, we should start a bit with your story and zoom the lens back a bit on how you came to this work and how you were able to build your business in such an authentic way. That's, that's my favorite thing about you is just how real and authentic you are and how present you are. So um, I know that wasn't always the case. So can you kind of just take us back a bit and and bring us up to what you've been through and why you decided
1: to make this your life work? Definitely. Um, I would say I've been a, a truth and soul seeker for most of my life. And very, very young, I felt a connection with angels. I feel like what got me through my parents' divorce was angelic support and love. And I've always felt a really strong connection to source, God, uh, spirit, and that whole realm. And then in my teens, I feel like I started to get away from it or move away from it and I started to prioritize more of an ego set of like an ego's agenda and I really started to care about popularity and my appearance and who liked me and who didn't and I also started to care a whole lot about my grades and what colleges I was getting into and there's nothing bad about any of this or good it just is but it was it was really a. uh, keeping me or taking me away from, I was allowing it to take me away from my soul and my truth. And my ego was fully in charge. And this went on for years and it began to manifest itself. My, My ego addiction and my connection to ego manifested itself in some major body image issues and disordered eating patterns, rigid exercising, a trend diet addiction. And I was really obsessive. I think the word – do you know the is it orthorexic? Oh, yes. Uh, we we yes. know that
0: word quite well here in Wonderland. <laughs> okay,
1: yes. Got it. So that was part of my story for sure was an obsession Me with too. health. Yes, okay. So you get it.
0: I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I didn't know that. Na- I didn't know then, but but this this disordered eating pattern, this rigid controlling behavior around weight and body and health and a lot of my self-loathing was actually my soul's way of trying to get my attention. Mm, me too. Mhm. <laughs> yes. It was the doorway that I that I didn't realize in, at the time, and so I was very at this time in my life. I was very unhappy. I was anxious. Uh, I had low grade anxiety and depression, just as a way of being. Um, I had a lot of toxicity in my life and my relationships. I was trying to save everyone oh. <laughs> mm. like that's even possible and like anyone needs to be saved. But that was my, I loved that. My ego loved that role. And I was also working a job that wasn't aligned with my soul. I was living in the suburbs. I'm such a, a well, I wouldn't, I'm like a city girl or a country girl. I'm not really a suburbs girl. But the bottom line is I was just out of alignment with my truth. And I found a book in the library one day called How Much Does Your Soul Weigh? And I love, Katie, that I went to the library to check out another diet book. Yeah. I had tried them all. And this book jumped off the shelf. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. And I it was by Dr. Dory McCubrey and i started reading it and it was one of those books that i just didn't put down and it was all about intuitive eating and intuitive exercising and listening to the body's natural wisdom and and suddenly i started listening to my intuition about what to eat how much to eat when to eat when to stop what like what exercises my body really wanting does she even want to be active this wasn't overnight. I know I said suddenly, but fairly quickly, I adopted these strategies because my my soul, my heart and soul were just such a big yes to this. And I felt like I could have written this book. Even though intuitive eating was new to me, it was so hmm, intuitive. Fam- <laughs> familiar. Exactly. And so I just said yes. And and I started to adopt these principles and and over time, over time, and it, it was a really conscious uh, – I will not want to say effort, but very conscious attention was put to intuitive eating and exercising for a few years for me until it became just more like a way of being like it is now. And – Eventually, my weight stabilized, my mood skyrocketed, and I was so much healthier on all levels. And what was so thrilling, Katie, is that as I listened to my intuition and my soul around what to eat, I also started listening to my intuition around career, around relationships, geographical location, everything, education. And that's what led me to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and the Holistic Health Coaching Certification to University of Santa Monica and the Master's in Spiritual Psychology. That's what led me to coaching, to my current business. It's what led me back into New York City and now to Brooklyn. It's what helped me form – Relationships that are so life-giving, my soul tribe, life-affirming, it's what helped me recognize, too, that my soul had been yearning to lead the way, to be in charge, and I was so cut off from her that that all the eating – all the eating issues, all the weight obsession was again, like I said earlier, her way, my soul's way of making it known to me that it was that something had to change. Yeah, And so I'm so grateful uh, for the whole journey. And yeah, that's the snapshot of what led me to where I am. Yeah, today.
0: it's, it's interesting. I um, mirror a lot of that myself. You know, I, I came to this work through through my eating disorder as well. And I, I often say, like you, I am so grateful for it because it led me to personal development and spirituality and holistic health and, and all of these different things to now I'm here with you in the Wellness Wonderland having this conversation, you know? And without it, I this wouldn't even be happening. So it's... It was a blessing and it, it all is a blessing. And I this comes up literally every podcast. The listeners are gonna be annoyed at this point. But there's that Steve Jobs quote, you know, you can't connect the dots moving forward, you can only do so going back, right? And that's yes. that was the case for you, that's the case for me and, and really everyone I have on this show. It's it's really beautiful. I should have like called the show that or something, but um but yeah, it's it's just really, really awesome to look back and and see that hero, heroine's journey that you've had. Um, And then on that, you know, I I heard you speak on this on a different podcast, but you even relapsed and kind of in that area, right? Like we all do all the time and we're all perfect. and Yeah, we are all perfect, but (laughs) imperfect at the same time. And um, you had an experience where – more recently your body image issues kind of cre- crept up again and you found yourself you know looking at your your weight and your body size as as something to obsess over when you didn't want to as kind of a way to block yourself. Can you talk about that experience a little bit?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm just laughing cuz I'm like, oh, I I almost glossed over that. That wasn't very long ago. (laughs) I Um, won't
0: let you get away with anything here. (laughs) No, this
1: is great. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I know. So what I've noticed is that as I grow and expand, and especially as I take risks in my life to play bigger Mm -hmm. and to to dream bigger and live bigger and 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 really, uh, really live my way into the next level of dream life and dream reality. Uh, there's this that self sabotage that can that has come up for me mm-hmm. in the past, and I feel like my ego has many ways to try to sabotage that forward momentum. Um, and one of them is to to trigger get triggered around weight and and body again um and she knows that that is still has been a vulnerable place yeah. and and so yes pretty recently uh that i noticed that happening again and and i was able to eventually and it didn't take so long it didn't take a very long time but i was able to catch it and and see what was happening and also like not beat myself up for it at all just go oh well of course my ego's scared cuz i'm i'm starting to fly i'm starting to go higher here and she's just freaking out yeah and and it's really powerful because my goal was always that i could weigh myself or measure myself and not be triggered and i was i've been very careful with that uh, because can't say I've been able to do that until the last like month or so, month or two. So it's a really new thing. And, and yet I can, I now feel like it's, it's something that doesn't, I haven't, I don't give the power away to the scale anymore, mm-hmm. which is incredible. However, Katie, I wouldn't recommend to everyone to like for most people I'd recommend not weighing ourselves at all yeah, I just think absolutely I, it's just not even yeah um that's for a kind me, of a
0: high level thing you know our our yes. mutual friend and and coach of of mine who I worked very close with Isabel Fox and Duke you know that's something where you have to be healed to a certain point for that not to be triggering to you you know I know for me, even when I, you know, if I was to go to the doctor or something, like, I would have to turn around or say, like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't be weighed. Like, I don't, you know, I practice health at every size. Like, I don't, that number is just too triggering for a lot of people who come from a background with um, eating issues or, you know, I believe eating disorders are on a spectrum and most of us have, especially women's issues around that. So, you know, I think to hear that is great, but I think like you said, you know, I think it's something to work up to, but, you know, I'll speak for myself right now. That number is just too triggering for me, um, but hopefully the goal is, you know, to get to a a place where, you know, you're not – and I don't see myself as judging myself on the basis of size and weight. However, it's it's still it's just too soon, right? You know, it's like don't put yourself into a position where things might be compromised if you can avoid it, which – you know, can make sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, for me, it's been years and years and years on this healing journey. And, and I, yes, it's been something I've really been so cautious about, because it can, it's a sneaky thing. It's, it's almost, I've equated it before to, to, alcoholics going into a bar oh completely yeah don't do it yeah one of my favorite triggering stories um is I now that we're doing this the show right now this is so perfect is I had been I'd been healing around this for about three years or so and felt relatively consistently strong and But I hadn't weighed myself, and that was my decision. Just no scale, no scale, no scale. And I was scheduled to have an interview with someone about this journey of intuitive eating um, towards optimal health or radiant health. And I just decided to step on a scale before that interview and at my gym. And I was not ready. I was totally triggered. This is right before the interview. And I got on the call and I just sobbed, like sobbed through the whole interview. (laughs) Because I couldn't, I couldn't, if I was gonna show up authentically, and of course I was gonna show up authentically, I was totally triggered. So, it it was a really interesting – very interesting timing, but it also made sense. I was just about ready to step out into the public and share my success.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure my ego was really nervous about that. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like
0: that upper limit problem, you know, that keeps kind of coming up for you that – and not just you, but all of us, you know. It's like that we – tend to self-sabotage you know I always say to like the people that I talk to and work with one on one like you know when things get good your ego gets louder and you have to really
1: just be cognizant of that totally so this is the analogy that helps me so much is I see it as like when things get good or we start I start leaping and and playing bigger and bigger, it's like I'm flying higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And my soul knows that the flight just gets more and more amazing and the view gets so incredible. But my ego is just obsessed with, oh, my gosh, there's farther to fall. I think there's farther to fall. And so if I can just love her and talk to her and parent her and get her to see the view – And just get – like, that's what I try to do with my my little sweet ego.
0: That is an amazing analogy. You are so good. Oh, Oh, my God.
1: Thank you. I love – I love analogies. Like, I'm a big analogy nerd. Oh, my God. You're so great. You
0: just – your soul speaks to my soul and it's just so beautiful. Mm, And a lot of other souls probably right now. But right now it's just us. (laughs) Yes. So staying on this vein right now, we're on it of of body image and and food. And, you know, this has kind of been the the vein of my existence and, like, a lot of what we discuss here. Um, So I would love, like, when you're in it, right, when you're in – like that day when you saw that number on the scale and you had to show up in the world and and when you were back in the pattern of taking your measurements and and weighing yourself every day – how did you shift out of that was it just a choice that you made but what is the practical like let's get into the nitty-gritty of like mm-hmm. did you just not allow yourself to do it anymore did you just surrender this and just rely on a power greater than you to help you through it but like or did you just you know I always say when we're turning to food or our body image and we're obsessing about that sort of thing we're not feeling a feeling we don't want to feel so did you just allow yourself to feel something like, mm-hmm. how did that really play out for you
1: Oh, what a great question! Um, So, so a couple things. One is what's worked for me in the past is just to get rid of the scale. It's interesting. My husband, like, is such a big fan of getting rid of the scale because he's been we've been together for thirteen years, so he's been along this journey with me, and he's really good at like, okay, I'm getting rid of it, Um, or I'll get rid of it, of course. It's just nice to have the teamwork. Yeah. Um, it's like if you don't want to get a haircut, don't go to the
0: barber shop.
1: <laughs> yes, precisely, precisely. And also for me, if it's, it's really almost always comes back to like if there's a feeling that I'm not wanting to express, it's almost always fear or it has been in the past and fear because when I'm scared, I'm looking for something that I feel like I can control, and that's how this started for me, which was freshman year of college when I was really, really scared to be in Los Angeles. I'm from small town Kansas and and really, really scared of just everything at that time and the transition from high school senior to freshman in college. And I turn to weight as a way of control, the illusion of control.
0: Yeah.
1: So I notice if I'm going back to it, it's almost always because I'm really scared. And if I just let myself feel the fear, then I'm I'm in such a lighter place. Eventually, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Feeling fear sucks. Yeah. Like that is not a fun feeling, even physiologically but it's but it's it's so healthy to learn how to feel it I, now i i even call it excess energy when i like it's excess energy so before i go onto a stage when i perform i have excess energy and how am i going to relate to it am i going to succumb to it and and be freaked out and go into fear and negativity story or am i going to Move through it and choose the more of like an excitement story instead. It's the same energy. Yeah. So my my key has been tools and strategies to work with fear, to work with fear, not to be fearless. Which I I could stand on a soapbox about that, uh, but I won't. But I'll just say simply, fearless to me is is inhuman. Or it's not human. It's 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 impossible from my perspective as souls having a human experience. And that's why addictions are so prevalent in my opinion. But if we can learn how to deal with fear, work through it, even make it our friend, then we don't have to turn to the illusions of control mechanisms or the numbing mechanism. Yeah. And so yeah. that's almost always what's up for me when I notice those patterns.
0: Yeah, I heard once, um, fear is just excitement without the breath.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: You know, and I think for me, like, there are other emotions too, you know, like, I I was really triggered and am sometimes still, like, when I'm really overwhelmed you know, or when I'm lonely, like, I'm, it's just, oh, it's about my body, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I just make it all about my body, and it's like, wait a minute, like, maybe this person just, you know, it wasn't actually that you're not thin enough, smart enough, pretty enough, like, maybe it's just everything's okay, and it wasn't meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. you just have to, for me, it all kind of stemmed back to, not feeling good enough, so I thought I could feel good enough by controlling my weight and my body to be a certain way. And yeah, and I think, you know, even by doing that and being at that place, I'd be lying if I said, oh, but you know, I didn't, I still didn't have any of that, any of those things, you know, and that's kind of what like people expect me to say. But the truth is that I did have them. I did feel the love and the security in that super unhealthy body because of a couple of reasons. Like there's then privilege in the world. You know, that's something that exists. Like people yep. are treated differently on the basis of size and weight. You know, it's something that you and me and Isabel and lots of lots of people out there, you know, are doing work to change that for maybe the next generation. But for the generation that we're in, for our lifetime, that is the case. But the other piece of that is just that, you know, being being in that body and loving my life and the way that people treated me at that low, low, unhealthy weight saying, you know, oh, you know, how do you do it? You look so great, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, that was their issues coming out. And also, it was conditional, right? Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. this like, pure authentic place of living where I had everything I wanted it was a conditional love right it was conditional on if I can stay here if I can do this and the truth is I, I couldn't it, it's not sustainable even if I wanted to so um, yeah I mean it's like do you want to have a real full life that's not conditional or do you want to confine yourself to this conditional way of being and you just have to make a choice and and then when you make that choice, you have to feel the actual feelings associated with making that change, which is fear or overwhelm mm-hmm. or not feeling enough, all of it, probably a little bit of it each. You know, that's what it was for me. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, yes. So, so brilliant. It, it's, it's, I can so relate to seeking that outside affirmation, that, that validation of wholeness or even yeah. good enough. Yeah. and and it, and and yeah maybe it happens but you're so right on they're not they're not going to be they're not unconditional yeah. and even people who say well Cora you're, you you don't know what it's like to not have someone there to give you like love cuz you've been in this relationship for 13 years i say but that's not that's not like consistent in all all the time like ben isn't sitting next to me all the time just going oh you're so amazing
0: right and
1: and so we are not going to get we are not going to get anything we want consistently from the outside it's just it's never going to fill that yeah. emptiness ever trust me i've tried i've yeah. tried so hard it's like everybody's trying to fill that hole that perceived yeah. void
0: yeah, and we, and we transfer addictions, right? Like, you yes. know, it's just boom, it's like whop em or whatever that game is. You know, one comes up and the other <laughs> comes down. And it's like, you know, for me, and this is a perfect transition to kind of the next thing I wanted to speak with you about, but, you know, once... I transferred my addiction to controlling my weight and my body to my work and my passions, and I could justify it, just like I could justify the weight and body one of, oh, I'm just trying to be super healthy, right? And then same thing with the work, but I'm so passionate about it, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, we, we transfer addictions, and, you know, maybe I'll I'll transfer it to a relationship or this or that, and hopefully not, you know, hopefully you can, you can just find it, within and and that's the goal but we're constantly coming in and out of it so you know i wanted to to speak with you about that a bit and how you know you said once something so brilliant that your career doesn't necessarily have to be your purpose you know your purpose is is different than your career can you talk about that a little bit and your journey with your career
1: yes gladly um First of all, I can totally, totally personally relate to just the transference of addiction, and for me, I, I'm just laughing, Katie, because I feel like you and I have had such similar paths. I know and It's I, weird. And I, I love it, and me I feel too. like we're, we're we're we were. It's like we, we knew enough not to go down certain addictive roads. We're yeah. like, no, just say no. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then here are these other ones. And they're, We're they're addicts. Yes. Yeah. And there can be so much societal, um, not only acceptance, but mm, also push. Yeah. Yes,
0: encouragement.
1: Encouragement. Totally. So, yeah, mine shifted for sure into workaholism. Absolutely, um, and and I'm I'm I think I'm now shifting more out of a lot of those behavior patterns, but it it sh- it was definitely the next uh, the next addiction in quotes um, or one of them. And I what 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 was so interesting is that I'd had workaholism tendencies my whole life or much of my life, but when it became my coaching business and like you just said our passion my passion it was almost even more tempting to be addic- to get addicted to the work mm-hmm. and i would be on my computer till you 9 to justify it yes yes exactly and i would be on my computer till 9 or 10 at night and i was taking um, five or six client sessions a day and then still had email and all of it was just a lot and i was ending up working probably more hours than i would have worked in an office and and so that has been a big part of my journey and and one of the largest realizations you just spoke to which was i was connecting my self worth with my career just like i used to connect my self worth with my physical appearance um and and i once i saw that connection i was able to do healing around it and really dig in and then i heard the message that my my life purpose is to just be fully myself to do the inner healing that i'm called to do in this lifetime and to have fun and and stay healthy and shine And that's my life purpose here as a light worker. And I could do that as a Starbucks barista, as a homeless person, as the president. Like I could live – I am living my life purpose in every moment if I choose to be aware of it and connected to it no matter what my career. And that really helped me just relate to my business in a healthier, more balanced way – and also i'm doing so much more acting now and so much more um fun just fun activities and traveling and and going to see my family and just i'm allowing for a life that really sets like sets my heart and soul on fire and i know that i'm i'm totally embodying my life purpose
0: that's amazing and so inspiring and I think for everyone listening, like that is the takeaway that whether you're an accountant or a teacher or mm-hmm. a skydive artist or whatever you are, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like accountant slash light worker. You know, like you just you're only yes. you're my one of my favorite lines from like my favorite show is my only role is just to be, yeah, and and that's it. You know, it's like we're we're just meant to be our soul that we came in with as a child and we just picked up like Velcro all sorts of conditioning and beliefs and once you hit a breaking point, like for Cora and I it had to do with our body image and food. For you know, for you listening it might have been that or it might have been something else. But you get to this breaking point and you're like, all right, something's up, and then you spend the rest of your life pulling off that velcro getting back to where you started you know so um it's a really beautiful journey and that's called being human i think so but yeah all you have to do is just be Mm -hmm. it's really refreshing
1: absolutely and and such a relief
0: yeah exactly relief that's the most beautiful word to describe it so connecting people with that, with their soul, with who they came into the earth as is your specialty. So I would love if we could really dive into that and how you help people to do that. And I know, um, I don't know if you know this, Cora, but my work is really primarily based on journaling and my book Mm -hmm. is on journaling. So I know that's been a really effective tool for you. Can you talk about how journaling has been important in your life for connecting to your soul and how you inspire other people to use that tool to connect with their soul
1: yes so so connecting to the soul is so simple and it's really just having no thoughts or not not being connected to our thoughts that doesn't always feel so simple (laughs) yeah yeah And so especially because most of us are raised in a society where from a very young age, we're taught how to think. We're we're really shown how to live life um, in our heads because that's what's being modeled a vast majority of the time. And so to be aligned with a soul simply means to stop giving so much power to the thoughts it ideally any at all um in fact i rarely if ever think very very rarely um and of course like i'm i think when i uh like when i go outside and i'm looking trying to find my way to the subway or something like i i get that i think but i don't overthink um hardly ever because i think it's another form of self abuse mm. And it it completely crowds out the voice of the soul. So there's techniques that have really just completely shifted my world when it comes to soul alignment. And one of them is journaling. I, I adopted morning pages from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And those are three handwritten pages every morning, first thing and my understanding of these is that that just helps me get my thoughts it's like a detox of the yeah. brain it just gets all my thoughts out onto paper and it's that much easier to be out of my thoughts and out of my head and in my soul and spirit a vast majority of the time if if i if i've given myself that time to to let go of the thoughts so that's one way that writing has been really, really helpful for me and, and absolutely necessary. I if when people ask how I healed my anxiety, uh, I would say that's probably the number one tool.
0: Me too. It was the only thing that was able to shift me out of the really dark place I was in with the eating disorder. So I you know I, I credit everything to that. and I think however people can integrate that in their life is, is great and and like you said, um, connecting with that soul voice, that inner voice, is is simple and can happen in all sorts of different ways from sensations in your body. Like I know Cora gets shivers every time mm-hmm. she feels it, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know it's like a sound. But can you talk about any other ways you? Help people connect with their soul voice and hear it is one thing, but remembering to follow it
1: is quite another. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It, I find that everyone's, as you're saying, everybody's soul voice is different and some people are just more physical and, and their voice will speak to them and the stomach tightening up or the shivers, as you mentioned. Some people hear actual words. I'm very auditory, so I'll hear messages. Me of course. <laughs> um, some people see visions images. That's why and I host images. a podcast. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Um, some people will see, see visions and, and, or feel, just feel, uh, feel things and Mm -hmm. just know everyone's different in this way. So it's important. I, I help my clients learn what's their language. Like what is your soul language? It's going to be different for everyone. Much like we learn at IIN with bio-individuality for nutrition and health, um, and there's also some strategies though that just work for everyone in terms of connection uh, to our to our soul voice, which it doesn't so it doesn't matter how our soul talks to us. Alone time is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, t- turning off distractions like computer and phone. It's just like when we take the energy away from the thoughts or quiet the mind, the soul can speak louder. We can hear her more. It's turning down the distractions in our environment. Being out in nature is so huge. Yeah. Um, physical activity that is challenging and really can get us into our bodies and out of our heads, like anything that's going to get us out of our heads. I find dancing is huge for this. I love to just dance and even today at Zumba class, I was getting intuitive messages <laughs> through my Zumba class. <laughs> so cool. Um, it was so cool. I was – I was – uh, uh, after this interview, I'm going to text my business manager because I got all these awesome intuitive hits oh, about next so steps. Um, so this – like these are all very simple and very powerful strategies Um, you love journaling, one awesome technique is to write with the left hand if we're right-handed or with the right hand if we're left-handed. And just with – well, like I'm right-handed, so I'll write with the right hand. Soul, what do you want me to know? And then I'll take the left hand and the soul will write. Um, All of that is really powerful. And I also recommend – actual conversations with the soul voice either typed like a script back and forth you know Katie soul voice Katie soul voice or two chairs empty chairs facing each other and actually get up and move and have conversations with our soul voice this takes a good deal of faith it takes a lot of like okay I'm just gonna trust that this is my soul voice coming through me and and it's It's so worth it when we just dive into it. Yeah,
0: I think you taught that with the left hand in one of the times that I've heard you speak and like heard your work before because I've done that and it was transformational. You know, again, you have to like trust and be
1: like open Mm -hmm. to it, but it's super cool. I highly suggest that. Awesome. Yes, yes. And time with kids, with kids, especially kids under six, because they're still really super connected to their soul mm. voice in general. And animals, because they have no other voice.
0: That's super cool. That's good to really good to know. Um, another thing that helps you connect with that and that I really wanted to speak about is you're also an actress and you – say that performance is a really spiritual experience for you and i completely agree with that in so many ways and i think i've kind of shared that with you before too but do you how do you encourage people to get in touch with their creativity i'd love if you could just honestly talk about your experience as an actress and and pulling yourself
1: towards that because you knew it was right for you So first of all, Katie, this has been one of my most favorite parts of the coaching journey with my own clients. I have a a man in his late 60s who started writing poetry through our work together and just published his first book. Um, I have a woman who, uh, has realized that singing is her true passion and is now singing and feels like her whole life has transformed. I have another lady who at woman who actually quit her, her physician practice, her private physician practice to become an actor after working together for a couple years and is now um, doing that professionally, acting and, and performing so, I just want to point this out because I just think it's amazing. um when we get in touch with the voice of our soul and truth, inevitably, we are all artists,
0: yeah,
1: and it is incredible to witness. so so one, one thing I'll say is just there's very little I do to encourage the creativity because this the soul will well will speak it. to them. yeah, yeah. now. I recommend acting specifically, but all forms of creativity. So the ability or the the invitation to express anger and sadness and fear and joy and like sexuality and all of this in a really safe, healthy way. Yeah. Because again, so many of us turn to addiction because we're scared shit. Ooh, sorry, we're so scared. Yeah, no, it's good. We're Go so for scared it. of our emotions. And as humans, emotion is natural. So creative, anything, art, dancing, music, acting will really help get that energy up and out. Like, I won't even know I'm angry, Katie. And then I'll be in a acting um, activity and it'll just come out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, that was all in there? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a big reason I recommend it. And I recommend to all my clients, too, that that, it's, that they move through the fear and resistance that inevitably comes up uh, around going into a new class or trying something new with creativity because, again, that's just the ego who's really scared of the unknown. And moving through it and embracing it, it's, it's a huge healing experience yeah. for all.
0: Can I just tell you a story about that really quick?
1: Of course.
0: So I I think I might have told you this over email, actually. But anyways, for everyone else, you spoke about this when we met in December. And I took an improv class um, yes. this this year. And it was transformative. And it's really interesting for me because I was super into theater. I was never into sports. And so in middle school, I was like the lead of the play. And it was, you know, when I go to like my happy Place like it's that like I just enjoyed being in middle school like that experience was just so amazing for me and then in high school you know I started to do it too but like I went to a much bigger school and it was scarier and so I still was like in the plays and, and did all of that but I wasn't um, you know I wasn't like the the lead or anything but I just enjoyed it so much and then when I got to college I was like oh well there's no chance now you know I'll do but I still really loved performance and being you know. I, I just loved it. I, I thrived off of that. So I was like, okay, I'll be a broadcast journalist. That's like a safer way of of doing that, you know, that I can like tell my mom and like make it a career, you know. And so I didn't study acting or do anything with that for years and, um, and studied broadcast journalism. And then, you know, long story short, I, I was super into wellness and, and, and health at the time. So I ended up starting a blog and, and podcast instead using those skills. However... At the same time, I really loved performing and I really loved acting so much. And I just completely shut it down because I didn't think that I was good enough for it. And when I talked to you this winter when we met, I was like, wait, no, I should definitely be doing this. So I took an improv class and the same experience happened. I was able to like express my emotions and it's, it's really powerful. So I highly suggest that to people listening.
1: Awesome. Yes. yeah. I love that you followed through too because I remember you sharing that you had felt inspired to get back Do into something. it yeah. and you did it. And I did it.
0: I know. I need to keep doing it. But yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, and the the nice thing about that for, for both of us actually is that that skill, you know, performance really translates to your career, that you do with people coaching because you are essentially public speaking, even when you're coaching. And then, of course, you do do much larger scale speaking things. And I've heard you live. You're amazing. You're um, an amazing speaker. You're so authentic. You're so real. And so I would love if you could share some of the behind the scenes of that and to how you prepare for your talks and what some of your pre-speaking rituals are and just any tips you have for people speaking articulately about any topic that they're passionate about, you know, every, anything mm-hmm. from giving a presentation at work to having to talk with a client, like what kind of tips do you have there?
1: That was a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I love this question. You are so great at, at just tapping into the ideal questions. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I, I want to come clean though with this one, which is that I, I've loved public speaking since I was little. So it's been something that I've, that I've always just adored. I'm very comfortable on stage. I still get super, super nervous or scared before going in front of an audience like most of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, and I have some strategies that, that could work for anyone, um, Yes. First of all, yes. First of all, I learned this early or er, um when I prepare for a speaking engagement, I used to over prepare. I used to write everything uh everything out almost by the sentence, mm-hmm. like everything and then try to memorize it. That did not work so well for me because no. so much of my style is yeah. is in the moment. Well my all of my style really is in the moment connected to the soul and what's coming through. Yeah. But then I did another speaking engagement where I didn't plan anything and just let the soul speak. And that was really powerful. Yeah. But then there were a few bullet points I really wanted to to make sure I shared with the audience that I didn't share. Yeah. So through like the pendulum swing, I realized that what works best for me is an outline yeah. and just bullet points and a bit of a trajectory. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Too much preparation and I feel like it actually can take me out of my soul alignment. Yeah not enough and sometimes i might miss the point yeah. of what i wanted to share
0: yeah it's the goldilocks effect there i can completely uh-huh. relate to that and it's so not fun when you're over prepared because then you're like right before you're like you know what i mean and then like if you're not prepared at all like good stuff's going to come through but then you're like i really want to say you know so that's like goldilocks is the way to go with
1: that Exactly, exactly. The magical middle ground. Yeah. And so that's been a big learning. I also, I've learned again how to manage excess energy, which I know I talked about Mm -hmm. a little bit before. So I make sure to get in usually a good cardio workout that day where I expend as much energy as I can because I know I'm going to have excess. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely that day that has been helpful. Um, I also really watch the amount of caffeine and sugar I might take in, in terms of that could really contribute to the energy. So I'm just aware, um, not rigid, just aware. And then I would say, um, the other part that really works for me, works for me is I call in the light beforehand and I just do a prayer, a, a a a short time just where i connect with source and i connect with my soul and i just ask that any energy i don't need and isn't mine any heaviness or toxicity be lifted and released taken up into the light transmuted and used somewhere else and then i ask that the light fill me come through me and that whatever i'm meant to share uh, i do so is meant to come through me to, just is meant, is meant to and just really that surrender. Um, so that really helps as well. And I love affirmations; Huge affirmation, girl. And I too, like many people, used to say, oh, affirmations, um, that's like fake it till you make it stuff. And I'm like, now I go, yep, and it works. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: exactly. It
1: works. So, I've been into that um I do that sometimes before I go on stage as well. And I also one thing I learned from acting, Katie, that I that has just been totally profound is to just be honest with myself and the audience mm. about where I'm at. In other words, if I feel kind of freaked, I'll say, "Wow, got to be honest, just feeling a little nervous here." Um, if I'm aware of how beautiful the energy in the room is, I'll just say it. Wow, y'all are beautiful. There's my Kansas coming out. Um, y'all are beautiful. <laughs> this is like just such amazing energy. Uh, I'll just share my truth yeah. and and allow like if I forget where I'm at, I'll be like, I just need to take a couple deep breaths for a moment. Do you want to join me? I watched the, this, I'm, this is related, it might seem random, but I watched on PBS last night um, a show on Judy Garland, who played Dorothy yeah. in Wizard of Oz, and she was a master at connecting with the audience, Katie, and they just, they kept saying that no one had ever seen anyone like her mm-hmm. on, as a live stage presence and mostly it's cuz of her vulnerability. They said that again and again that when she when her voice cracked, she would just like smile or she would go whoa and and then work through it, but she would take the audience with her. And It's really interesting. They, yes, and they connected to that. So I also recommend that slowing down, really seeing the audience. Yeah. I remember Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, I feel like when you're speaking and you're acting as yourself, you can do that. But as an actor, I feel like, how do you do that without coming out of character, you know?
1: Oh, yes. As an actor, my teacher just taught me how to do this before I went on stage. So thank you for bringing me back to that, which is, just to know how I'm feeling, like to drop out of my head and into my body, what's present, Mm. like what's going on in my body? Do I have pain? Do I have tension? Do I have relaxation? Just what's going on? Am I nervous? Own it. It's like when we try to fight or suppress what we're naturally feeling and experiencing, then we come across yeah. inauthentic. And it's not fun. No. Wow. Yeah, those are all
0: really, really amazing tips and they're all working for you because you're you are an amazing speaker.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. It's it's one of my most favorite activities and it, you're it's a this is a reminder uh, to prioritize it more in my life yeah I absolutely I
0: absolutely and and I can relate a lot what you said to just loving to do it because I feel the same way I I don't I don't get nervous I don't have I've since I was a kid I, I like I thrive off of that you know I have to check myself for this but I thrive off of speaking and being up in front of people and and doing that sort of work and so um I can relate to that a lot but it just it comes naturally as part of it but I think also you know opening yourself up to that I think we we all have that capability you know I'm not we're Mm -hmm. not special for liking
1: to do it no I think we all have that capability as well and I have so many people that do I know so many people who have done Toastmasters yeah and other beautiful uh support group situations like that to move through it because i read somewhere that public speaking is the second most common fear yeah underneath death like death is the only one higher and uh and yeah that that i i really can get that it's 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 understandable to me even though i can't directly relate
0: yeah yeah (laughs) i i agree for sure So, all right, this conversation has been amazing. Now I want to wrap with my signature questions. So this is my favorite question to ask anyone who um, comes on the show because I really think it can give a great depiction of the person's life. So what does your morning routine look like? And maybe you could share the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects how the rest of your day goes.
1: Great. So my morning routine is different every day. And the only thing that stays the same is that I take the first hour to two hours without turning my computer or my phone. And I just connect with myself, with source, with life, with with just what is. And sometimes that'll be I write in my dream journal, if I remember my dreams, um, sometimes that'll be the morning pages. Sometimes that'll be turning a song on Pandora and making it the song of the day and dancing around to it. But I've learned that as I like everything intuitive, I like my morning ritual to be intuitive as that. well.
0: <laughs> I love that. I wrote an article from Mind Body Green once about morning routines. And I said, the only thing that needs to be consistent
1: about your morning routine is that you 100% enjoy it. Gorgeous, yeah. Exactly. I actually noticed myself getting into an obsessive, rigid way of relating to my morning routine for a while. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, here I go again." Yeah,
0: that, that's <laughs> why I wrote the. That's why I wrote the article because I too, I was like, "All right, I got an oil pull, then I got to have the warm <laughs> water with lemon, then I got a morning page," and then but, and it's like three p.m. You know what I mean? So it's like you gotta just like. <laughs> Do what you've got to do and and be be gentle with yourself. I think those of us with that addictive personality can get kind of crazy. So, yeah, so I wrote that article and I was like, it's a buffet. Here are all the things you can do. Don't gorge. Take what you will and do the rest tomorrow, you know, so. Yeah. And the same kind of thing goes for the evening routine. So that's the other end of this question. So can you walk us through some of the things you do? after you're done with your work for the day to wind down and and what is what do your evenings look like typically?
1: Well I almost always go outside. Like so once I turn off my computer for my work day, I almost always go outside and I just that's my way of just marking the the end of the workday. Commuting. Yes, yes, exactly. And I walk around the neighborhood and I might go to the gym if I didn't if I didn't work out and that earlier I, or I, I may call a friend, but I really signify that bridge, that yeah. shift with something. I find that very, very helpful and powerful. And then my husband and I try to spend our evenings and nights together, most evenings and nights. And we hang out with our dog and take her for a mm-hmm. walk. And we have this – we spend time in the park with her. Um, And then we actually have favorite TV shows that we have um, recorded. And so we watch them and we can fast forward through the commercials, which is amazing. (laughs) But I love The Mindy Project. Me too. Of course. So good. Um, I love Modern Family. Uh, The Middle is another great one. Um so we just we do that it just lets us really just wind down. Sometimes we go to li- like I'd rather go to live theater or see live music even than watch watch the shows. Um so we'll do something but the main thing is in the evening and nights I just focus on entertaining myself mm-hmm. and having fun. Yeah. And Katie, there was a long time in my life where I didn't—I lost that. Like I didn't even know how. I wasn't even sure how to do that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> me too. And and I've talked about this on the show before, but I was very addicted to spirituality and, and self development, and I would consume that sort of thing as my entertainment. And I was really missing an element of my life, and so. This is going to sound kind of silly, but I actually heard Tony Robbins speaking with Marie Forleo, and he said, she asked him kind of the same question I just asked you, and like, what do you do do in the evening? And he's like, I watch TV with my wife, (laughs) and I think when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, this dude does that? Like, I can, like, watch the mini-project <laughs> and, like, I'm okay. You know, I don't need to be watching, like, TED Talks and lectures and, like, what audiobook am I going to listen to now? And boom, 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 boom. And so I think it's, like, I think we need that mental break of just, like, letting everything rest. Like, I don't want to learn anything new. I want to just be entertained. And and to me, it's a, it is a spiritual experience. It is a creative experience to connect with someone and laugh, you know, and just, like... It's really important. So I completely agree and I love that.
1: Thank you. I love that hearing that about Tony Robbins too and synchronicity. I just said to my husband today, Are we watching too much T V? Should we like mix it up with something? And and I was going into judgment around it and yeah. and I realized that's I don't need to and as all intuitive. If I start feeling like a zombie, I'll know. Yeah,
0: I mean it's all about like where you I for me I mean I think it's like I think someone told me this I think I might have asked Jonathan Fields this when he was on my show yeah that's what it was but he said like it's all about why you're watching tv like if it's to numb out then you know you you've got an issue you can still do it don't judge yourself (laughs) but just be aware of that you know but if you're doing it as like part of your creative process and you're doing other things too like it's fine so um you know, I think it's just check yourself. Just like with anything, like get into your intention behind it.
1: Gorgeous. Yeah. Exactly. The why. I yeah, love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do some quick fire questions. You ready for them? Yes. Okay, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Your okay. your soul, let your soul talk. <laughs> Favorite color. Purple. Favorite day of the week. Friday. Favorite hour of the day. 5. Favorite vegetable? <laughs> Kale. Favorite fruit? Apple. Favorite meal you've eaten recently?
1: Mm, scrambled eggs on uh, a rice cake yeah. with hummus. Favorite
0: way to relax?
1: Hot tub. You
0: do so much stuff. How do you stay organized? Any, what's your practical tip for that?
1: I hired a virtual assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um,
0: (gasps) If you could have a superhero power for a day, what would it be? Flight. What is your favorite performance or talk that you've ever given, looking back?
1: Mm, um, Favorite performance or talk. I did a one-woman show uh, about my own spiritual awakening journey about three years ago. Um, oh my here god. in New York that is that was, so cool it, it was called Love is Who I Am
0: oh my god I want to do that that is so cool I want to talk to you more about that offline that sounds amazing
1: definitely let's talk about it
0: what's your favorite
1: movie oh um, Hoosiers
0: favorite book
1: um, well I just read this one The Passion of Mary Magdalene it was really good Nice. favorite song um, I love that I'm saying this to you right now, but 8 Mile. I know, you M&M. played that,
0: you played that when you were here.
1: Yeah, That's so funny, songs. representing Detroit. It's probably
0: yeah. just because you wanted to be friends with me and we just connected. And exactly. And so you like, you like songs that, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, so what are you most excited about in your life right now?
1: The potential, the limitless potential just to keep breaking through my perceived limits. Like what else is there? Mm, So good.
0: Okay. So final question. As you know, the name of my blog and this podcast is to live in a wellness wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you?
1: Well, it's I just see what you really – the connection you made about heaven on earth. With the wellness wonderland, I, I see people living in alignment with their soul and their truth, which to me is living in alignment with unconditional love. And I see just people looking at each other from that place and seeing the beauty in everyone and everything. And I see us really one with nature and with animals and just, just a very utopian place. And I also... I see that it's completely doable and possible. Mm,
0: That is so beautiful. Thank you so much, Cora, for everything you shared and that beautiful answer and for being here. I think the world of you, and I'm so grateful.
1: You're so welcome, Katie. Thank you also. This has been a true gift.
0: Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like The Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on the thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.